Hey guys, David from the Hypothetic RL, and I'm joined by three very, very distinguished gentlemen. Um, I've got Guy, who is the probably the greatest Adelaide Rams fan that we know. Uh, I've got Richard, who is probably the greatest Lambretta friend, fan that we know, and uh, Jay, who somehow loves the Storm, but I don't know what's wrong with him. And, and, and the Jets. The oh, he's got the Jets stuff on today. Okay, exactly. so I can like <laughs> you now because the Jets are fine. <laughs> Uh, so you might, you might be listening, going, what's going on? Hypothetical has been off for like six weeks. Um, what's happening? Why are you now talking to me again? Uh, basically I had this idea to, to do like a bit of a, a, uh, March Madness inspired kind of, uh, knockout competition in a way. Uh, and so we came up with a, we came up with a topic, which was players with the most unrealized potential. Uh, we've had a bit of a chat. We've got 32 names in a little baggie. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to pull these names out, one against one. We're going to have a bit of discussion about them, and then we're going to vote for which one we think is the player that had the most potential that didn't realise it, basically. Um, and I'm probably going to be doing a couple of ones like this uh, over the next you know, few months and start of next year, and then might end up i've been talking about maybe doing a little bit of a different format next year but we'll you'll hear it when it happens so uh, i don't wanna pr i don't promise it because it may not happen so <laughs> anyway what i'm gonna do you guys are all on audio um the three guys here can see me so we're gonna pull names out they can tell i'm not you know pulling out just random things actually you can't see me doing i'll just do it up here <laughs> okay so i've pulled out two so we have Ali Lauatidi, and we have Nathan Wood. Um, maybe we'll go. Maybe we'll just pick one person. So, who feels the most strongly about Ali Lauatidi? Yeah, guy can talk about him. Yeah, I'll, I'll put my hand up for him. I, I think he's one of my nominations when I put those through a little while ago. I go back to when he started in the NRL with the Warriors, and I. He was like the Sonny Bill Williams before Sonny Bill Williams to me. He was this big power forward, but he had great ball play. And I remember watching him play for the Warriors and in certain games thinking this guy could absolutely be a, a mammoth player for years to come. Uh, and for reasons that escape my memory right now, he, he, he I'm not sure why he went to the English Super League, but he, he moved on. I think when he was about 25 years old, he, he moved over to uh, the, the Super League. And so in Australia, we never got to see what I feel could have been an amazing career uh, and one of the best forwards I thought could have been uh, with, in the game. So um, I, I put him as an unrealised potential, surely because we didn't see uh, what the peak of his uh, career could have been in the NRL because he left at 25. I think he had 11 seasons in the uh, in the Super League in England, uh, and I'm really not sure how he went over there. So that's where I came to uh, to bring him up for the mix. I was gonna, I was gonna ask you how he went because I can't remember what he did over there either. So, obviously, I know he... exactly how he went. Yeah, he played almost three hundred games in the UK, nearly mm -hmm. all of them for Leeds, and they won everything. Okay, Super well there titles, you go. World Cup <laughs> challenge winner. There is not an Englishman alive who believes he belongs on this podcast chat. Okay. NRL career, something happened in two thousand and three. <laughs> he played in the prelim, and then it all just went. Something just went wrong. Well, I don't know what it was. Just as they say when it's grand final day and someone says they're retiring or or they're you know, like they have that little procession of players who are who are like leaving the game. 
Like there's usually two or three of them who are just going to a Super League club. Yeah, <laughs> he went young, but it was at a time, and I don't know if you'll remember this, but it was a time when there was three Australian dollars to one English pound. Yeah. So you could yeah. get paid very, very well in the Super League at one point as a, you know, a marquee kind of foreign player. And I think he probably just went over there and found it was to his liking and stayed. Did he play? I don't remember him playing for New Zealand very often. Did he play for New Zealand? I don't. I didn't look at his international career. I don't yeah. think he came back as often. Yeah. But the, the, the Kiwi team did bring players back. Mm. But I don't think he was a, a regular in that team. Yeah. He definitely played lots for Leeds. Okay. Well, that's fair enough. Um, I, does everyone else have anything about I, I was just going to reply. Yeah, no, no, thanks for the insight. Yeah, and that's a great point. I, I remember those times now when, uh, yeah, $3 to the pound, that was a Barmy Army song if you ever went to the cricket. Um, but <laughs> I remember there was discussion at the time saying how the NRL was concerned because of the drain going to England, yeah. like players going over there, and uh, and that would have been, yeah, around that time. So, you know, thanks for the insight. That uh, puts a different light on it for me. That's uh, all right. Well, I think Nathan might talk. Oh, Nathan, I think Richard might be talking again because I'm pretty sure Nathan Wood was your guy, wasn't he? He was, yeah. and um, again, he was. Nat Wood is one of those players that he played in the Roosters team when I first started following the Roosters. He's one of these guys. He played about a hundred games in the NRL, which I, I don't remember. Nearly all of them were off the bench, and then he played a hundred games in the Super League basically as a starter. So mm. it was that career decision. Do you stay in a comp where all you're doing is a bench player or a fill-in, or do you go over there and become a regular halfback or a regular starter? And he, like he went to Warrington, and I know you're a Warrington fan, Dave, but when, <laughs> yes. he, when, he, when he went there, they were um, mid-table at yeah. best. Yeah. And they they were really mid tier. I think he only had one one season out of his four years at Warrington where they he, he won more than fifty percent of their games. They were just you know yeah. tenth, sixth, eighth, that kind of type. But he was there, one of their better players in a mediocre Warrington team. But I really thought that he was one of those players that just had something special about him. He could have done something, but he just. Yeah, he never kind of quite cracked it. Yeah, yeah, I suppose it's pretty tough at the Roosters at that point as well. You know, they were a very good side, so it'd be very tough to get in that. Okay, all right. He was um, behind Wing, Benetti and Lamb. Yeah, I mean, yeah you're not going to get anywhere with that. And uh, look, there was probably other NRL clubs that could have used him, but I don't know. I just, no one, I, I know exactly what you're saying. No one, no one seemed to, like, who, no one really remembers him that well. I remember his slight, like, very slightly, but not that well. Um, shall we? Shall we have a vote? So we'll just go around. Just say which one you reckon. I'll start from. We'll go from. Uh, we'll go Guy, Richard, and then Jay, and I'll say mine. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Um, I'm going to stick with Ali. I, I really can't yeah. remember Nathan Wood that well. I'm, I'm, I know the name. I know he's in a Roosters jersey. Um, but it might be a selfish view, and I take on board the English Super League things that uh, uh, our friend Lambretta uh, raised, but I'll stick with Ali. Okay. 
I'm guessing Richard, you're going to go Nathan Wood. Well, if it was if we was if we were strictly doing it just on NRL, it would absolutely be Labatiti without a shadow of a doubt. Mm-hmm. But 300 games and winning every comp, everything that moved in England was yeah, yeah. No, that just tips me just to Nathan Wood slightly. But I understand why guys gone the other way. I really do, and I'm almost with him. But I'm just going to go with that just because I think he could have done more in this country as well, and he just didn't. Cool. All right. What do you reckon, Jay? Yeah, I, I, I would have, before we started talking, I'd have gone um, Lauatiti. Same reason for, for exactly the reasons of, of not seeing the best of him. Mm. But, you know, then I looked and saw he did play 17 tests for New Zealand as well in there. So I, I'll probably go to, to Nat Wood on the basis that Lauatiti probably got closer to his potential than, uh, than Wood did. Yeah, okay. Um all right. Well, look, I could go either way there. Um, I think I would have the same thing gone without Teddy until someone said he played all those games for for Leeds. So I think I've got to – I have some English audience, so I think I've got to respect the fact that we're treating him like it's the whole career. So, yeah, I think we've we've got to, we've got to bin without Teddy, I think, and then Wood will get to go the next round. So – all right, um, let's pull another two names because this is this is fun. Um, there's some great names in here. When we get to them, there's going to be um, there's, there's going to be some a couple con- that I do not remember at all. So there's a couple that are going to be controversial because their career is not quite over yet, and I just pulled one of yes. them out. So this is going to be interesting. Well, maybe their career is over. We'll see what happens. Oh, okay. This one, this one, I think will be a slam dunk. But let's just see how this goes. So we've got. Tavita Pangai Jr. And we've got Kyle Feliga. Um, Pangai. Do you, or maybe I'll get, uh, I don't know if anyone put Pangai Jr. in. I don't know who put him in. That was me. Okay. Do you want to have a talk about him then? I, to me, he's just, you know, I I know he's played, he played a game, a couple of games in Origin there and whatever. But to me, he's just a bloke who, on on the right day, you look and, and his size and his, his power and his skill, he just should have been an awesome player and he'd pull it out for like two or three games a year. Um, and, and now, you know, he's, he's he said he's lost interest and gone to boxing. And I just think, you know, I just imagine the player he could have been if he'd applied himself and, you know, had a work ethic of, you know, some of the other players. And you know, maybe it's just he doesn't love the game, but... Um, yeah, to me, he's just an outstanding talent that is, is totally unrealized. The Pengai thing is interesting to me because I don't know whether it's just it was just me, but there was a certain point there when when he came through and you had Payne Haas as well, and I think like Jaden Sewer and the, and the, the Broncos look like they just have a cloning had a cloning machine for like these mm. these big Polynesian forwards, and I thought they're going to be a force, they're going to be terrible to, to deal with for like the next ten years. And realistically, the only one that's sort of stuck with the Broncos and dating good has been Haas. The rest of them have all gone somewhere else and, and had kind of middling careers. I mean, yeah. they're all okay, but none of them have really kicked on. So it's kind of a bit strange. But Pengo, I think, is the one. He's he's the one that shows on his day can be most potential. Yeah. Some of the others are just good toilers, but he's he is definitely – he could rip a side apart if he wanted to. He just never seems to want to. So I can understand that one. Um I think Carl Feliga might have just been from an online thing, so I can talk about Carl Feliga. 
Um, I don't know how much I can say about him. Basically, if you don't know who he is, then that's pretty normal because he came through. He was he was supposed to be the next greatest sort of player. He was, and once again, another the next Sonny Bill Williams kind of type. Um, played for the Sharks very shortly, like not for a very long period of time, and then. I just don't even know what happened to him. Does anyone know actually what happened to him? He just kind of didn't play anywhere. I'm just looking right he, he only played one game. Yeah. He played one game for the Sharks. Yeah. Yeah. So he was he was like the rookie coming through. He was going to be the one of the greatest players ever. And he just it just never happened for him. I don't know if it's an injury. I don't know what it was. Um, I have a feeling at some point he played for Wentworthville, like the Peter Cobb to Parramatta. Like I remember yeah, that happened a few years ago. So it's like, and he just kind of bounced around reserve grade sides for a long time as well. So I just, I don't know what happened, but he was meant to be, like they said, the next Sonny Bill Williams. But, you know, <laughs> this never happened for him. So that's all I've got. I've got nothing <laughs> else because he didn't really do anything else. That was it. <laughs> I, I wonder with I always wondered with Tavita whether it was just in the wrong system or the wrong manager. Because mm. he went to a club. He was good when he was at Penrith. And he was in that system. He was only there for a few games, but they seemed to get something out of him. And he was good when he was in that Broncos team when they were going forward. But as soon as he got to a team where they were struggling, he's, and I'm not sure if it was he just felt the pressure too much or whether he just didn't get on with the managers. But he just seemed whether that loss of focus was something outside of because he's gone to do boxing, and if we don't do that if you're not if you're afraid of hard work. So I don't know what yeah. it is. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Well, I don't think there's much else anyone wants to say. So let's um, let's go reverse. Oh, I think Carl Fleeger is much more unreal as potential. He only got one first grade game, and he was supposed to be the next immortal. So that'd be my <laughs> vote. Um, what about you, Jay? I'll stick with Tavita. Yeah. Okay. I'll get you, Richard. I, I'm going to have to go with Tavita just because I, I never saw how good Faliga could be, but I saw how good Pangai could be. Okay, cool. And then Guy? Uh, Tavita, because he's the one I know. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fine. <laughs> hey, he's such unreal as potential, he can't even get past the first round. So there you go. <laughs> All right, I'm just battling with pieces of paper here. So that's that one. Next group, next two. Could have got them all out, put them in partnerships to start with, but it's much more fun this way. Oh, these are going to be some good ones. That one, and just make sure I don't take two at a time. Oh, okay. This one will be interesting. So we've got whoop, we've got Richie Barnett. Oh, my fans are fingers on the other side. Yep. Uh, and we have Tim Smith. Ooh. So... Does anyone want to talk about Richie Barnett? I can't remember who put him in there. Oh, you did, Guy? I did. Oh, oh you both. No, sorry, did. I didn't, but yeah, whoever did put How him about in Richie, there. Because I think you did. Yeah, we'll get you to talk about Richie Barnett. Super excited as a Roosters fan in 1998 or whatever it was when we signed him. Like, just absolutely going on my head with excitement about this guy, and he came over to the team and he was just amazing. And I thought he played really well for the Roosters, really, really well. And he, he played about 100 games in total. He got 26 international caps. And then he got injured in that 2000 season when we made the grand final against the Broncos. 
and he was up against um, Minicello and Phillips, and he never got back in the same. And mm-hmm. he, yeah, I don't know whether he, ever, he could have gone to centers or because he was a center, but I, as well as a full. But I just don't know why he never made it. And he went to England. He played a hand, you know, third, less than forty games for London, less than forty games for Harlem, then retired, and that was it. It just there was all this amazing, like he's you know a brilliant player, and then he just fizzled out. I yeah. don't know why. Well, the name the name is there, and I don't ever remember much about him because I I remember he, he he was again I agree he was very he reminded me in some ways of, of like a peachy type player. I just remember gliding across the field and um, you know using the ball and, and being elusive and and um, yeah same same thing. Yeah, you know, he came through Cronulla and, and was impressive there and. And uh, then when the Rooster signed him, I thought the same thing. What a great signing. And, uh, yeah, after, as you say, after 2000, it was just like disappeared into the ether. Yeah. Could I add to that? The first, was I've stuck my hand up, Richie Barnett, if I remember correctly, he, he had a really savage injury in a test match against Australia. We had a facial fracture. I think he had a head clash with Wendell Saylor. And yeah, that, that was the 2000 if, if That's right. Yeah. And so I remember reading it was a, year, a year later that the psychological side of things he just he struggled with in terms of, you know, being able to tackle and do all those kind of things. So, you know, suffering an injury like that, I think, was the one thing that curtailed uh, what could have been yeah, great potential or realizing potential considering the, uh, the topic of the podcast. So, yeah, every time that name's mentioned, I just remember that. And it was a horrible one of those sickening ones that you just, you just go, yuck. You know, Jackson just had a look on uh, Wikipedia. It says he had uh, 10 plates inserted in his skull. Jeez. Oh, hmm. Yeah, that'd, that'd uh, do a bit to your confidence. I that'd think. do a bit to your confidence, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So I'll have to talk about Tim Smith because, you know, we all know why. Um, <laughs> okay. So Tim Smith. He was, was on my the... list too, though. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. But, oh, can't get there in the <laughs> right spot. Uh, Tim Smith was the 2005... Rookie of the year and was the best, maybe one of the best halfbacks of 2005. Um, was just completely amazing. He came from like I, I used to watch the lower grades and he came through and he was good, but then they just gave him this shot. It was like round one, 2005, was going to give you the go, kid. And I remember all the talk during the season about, you know. The year before, you know, Brian Smith, the coach, didn't think he was ready, but now he's ready and and all this. And, and he was going to be a long career was in front of him and it was all this talk about how great he was going to be. And then it just there's just something about he had this, this beautiful passing game. Like he just such a great passing game. And it was like he, I think he might have had some sort of record for the most try assists for a rookie or something as well or some ridiculous thing like that. He had so many assists and tries. Um, it was just so good. And, and everything, and, you know, he was a goal kicker as well. So I thought, you know, he's, he's the next Sterling, as we all thought. Um, we thought, here we go, he's our, he's our halfback for the next 10, 15 years. And then 2006 happened, and it's probably one of the biggest cases of secondary syndrome you've ever seen. Um, we feel like what, was ha- like what we felt like was happening as Parramatta fans was the referees all of a sudden started calling forward passes on him because when he passed the ball, he would sort of step back and it made it look like it was a little bit further forward. And we were like, that's not a forward pass. He got called for a forward pass. He got called for a bunch of forward passes. And all of a sudden, confidence was down. They started saying that he wasn't running the ball enough. So he tried to run the ball. And then they're like running too much. And I just, I think a lot of 
I think he got a lot of his own hype in the first year and then he just couldn't live up to it in the second. And that's that's basically what happened. And then his career kind of went to, uh, I'll have to go to England, played in England, got in trouble over there, came back to Australia, got in trouble here. Like just got himself in so much trouble with stupid things he did as well. Um, I still remember there was a lady used to sit behind me at Parramatta Games in 2006 and there was this famous thing about how Tim Smith had come to to uh, training on a skateboard and she would just yell out, get your, t- get your skateboard out, Timmy. Like that's, that was her thing. It was her kind of like yell the thing out to the kid. And it's like, I don't know if you're trying to heckle her own players or what you're trying to do there, but she thought she was funny, this lady. But, yeah, it's just it just followed him this this kind of attitude that, that everyone sort of put on him. And I think he had it. Like, I don't think he was a – I think it was an attitude problem more than a skill problem. So, yeah, I don't know. That's I, I think he's pretty unrealised. He could have been one of the best halfbacks of, of that era, definitely. Yeah, bipolar disorder, didn't he? Yeah, that's one of the things. That's one of the things that, that, that happened. And it was just – it just sort of seems like everything went wrong. It was supposed to go so right and it went so wrong for him. So, um, And I I do remember he got himself in trouble over in England for doing something, but I can't remember what it was. Um, and they came back sort of, came back and played. He played for Cronulla or something? Played yeah, for someone. Yeah. yeah. He had a couple of seasons with Cronulla. Yeah. Played 19 games. Oh, he played a handful of games for them. Yeah. And then went yeah. back to Wakefield. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Anyway. Uh, why don't we go? Let's go. Let's go, Richard, Jay, me, and Guy. Let's do it that way. So, which one do you reckon, Barnett or Tim Smith? I know Barnett was my own pick, but Tim Smith is my vote. Cool. Yeah, I'm going to go Tim Smith as well. Yeah. Tim Smith for me. So, I get Todd Carney vibes when I think of Tim Smith for some reason. And I know they exited the game in different ways, but yeah, he's my vote. Yeah, well, that doesn't matter. I have to vote, but I would have voted for him too. So there we go. All right. We're getting through them. Oh, Jesus. Okay. I don't plan these out. Okay. We've got another person who disappointed as a halfback at Parramatta, Chris Sandow. And we've got another disappointing Parramatta player, Eric Gerth Jr. <laughs> Does anyone want to talk? I can talk Eric Gerth Jr. Does anyone, anyone wants to talk about Chris Sandow? I could do both. I don't mind. I'll, I'll go. Yeah, I, I, Chris Sandow. Um, I really liked as a player. Um, yeah, Nugget. No, he, he, great in defence. One of the first things that stands out to me is you know, his tackling style, and I know that's outlawed these days with that sort of shoulder, but he could take down some big guys. Um, yeah, I. I I like him. I, I think he played really well. Um, yeah, I, I, I just opened up by saying that. I thought he was a great little halfback. Why, yeah. why do we think he, he didn't kind of kick on? Because, uh, I don't know, to me, my memory of it is probably more a fitness thing. Like, I remember him, like, coming on being, like, slight and fast, and then, you know, two seasons later, he was chunky and that little bit slower. He still had the skill. Um, so my memory of it was it was more probably around fitness than than anything else, but I don't know what others' memory is. 
Well, I think the real reason why it didn't kick on is because he put the number seven jersey of Parramatta on and it's cursed. <laughs> That's probably what it is. But like it, it, I agree with you totally. It was. It looked like a fitness thing. He always looked. He always looked unfit, mm. and you know, it was a. It was an interesting time, you know, like a when he when he did sign for Parramatta because they paid a lot of money for him, and they never really got the potential. I remember. I remember going to see him play like the first game of the year for like Wentworth at Rigmarose Oval, you know, like that, that was, that was how far he fell within a year. Like he, they couldn't, he couldn't make his way into the side and they, there was no one better than him in the Parramatta side. So it's not like they were just trying to do it to try and put a rocket up at him. It never didn't work. Yeah. He didn't care. He's basically just like, nah, I've, I've heard recent, like up until fairly recently, he's even said, Oh, I could come back and play for an NRL team. And I'd, I'd be the, one of the best halfbacks in the NRL. Like he's still at this potential. He still thinks he's got the potential. So, you know, like a, I'd like to see him try it, but I don't think he would. Um, I don't know. I just he think never he lost this- the game for Wentworthville. No, no, he didn't. Hundred <laughs> percent win rate. That's right. Well, I mean, if only that was that was the metric to to success. Um, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, so Eric Gross Jr. I mean, his first two names are exactly exactly what kind of speaks speaks volumes here. He was compared to his dad the whole time through his whole career. He never wanted to be that player. I don't even think he wanted to play rugby league. Um, certain times out there, he didn't look like he was even interested in playing the game. Um, but when he could, when he wanted to, he was incredible. Like he was such a good player, and so that was the frustrating thing because it was more of an attitude thing. It's almost these two are the same thing as an attitude thing. He just, if, if he could be bothered to defend, which he never wanted to do, he would be, he'd be a really good player, but never wanted to do it. So I think he's more interested in being in a band, um, you know, that kind of stuff. And yeah, it just, it's just, just very frustrating because he really should have been a lot better. Um, he had every, he had all the natural ability and he had, you know, he had the right situation too. He was in the, I think that Paramount side was pretty right for him to to excel in. They weren't doing too badly. They, you know, he could he could definitely do something with it. And I mean, I still reckon he's he's trying the 2009 Grand Finals one of the one of the highlights of me watching Parramatta because it was such a fantastic try to watch. But that's probably the only thing he did in that whole game. So you know, that's that's just the way things were. Like he just he would do one good thing, but he could do so many stupid things or just not even care. Cool. All right. Um, I might. I'll go first. So I reckon Eric Drake Jr. is probably more unrealist potential for me. Um, what do you guys reckon? That one's a, a really tough one because, as you say, I think they're both similar in, in why they're untapped. But I'll probably lean to Eric Growth as well. Cool. Um, I'll go in. Yeah. I looked up. I had to look up Chris Sando after I'd done my little intro piece. I'd forgotten his Parramatta years to a large degree. I didn't realise he played as many seasons for them as he did the Rabbits. So, yeah, you know, the Rabbits is the stuff that sticks out in my mind. Um, on that basis, yeah, I'd, I'd actually go Sandow mm. on this for, for a halfback who, who kicked on. He only did however many seven or eight seasons. So I'll, I'll go him. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, I'm very loath to vote for Eric Craig Jr. on anything, to be honest with you. Um... <laughs> well, I mean, he had great years at the Roosters, didn't he? Didn't even talk about him playing oh, for the Roosters yeah, and the Sharks. Just, I'm more talking about his Twitter opinions than anything else. Oh, but, uh... oh okay. 
Um, well, he hasn't realised his potential but, to be a proper human being either, so... <laughs> no, that, 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 then, okay, that gets him across the line. Just, <laughs> just <laughs> that basis. I didn't mean to sway you like that, but okay, that's fine. <laughs> All right. But it was a good point. No, he, yeah, look, he, I didn't even think about that. That's that was some bad ones. All right, um, we're pulling out. We're pulling out all the XLs here. So we've got a guy called Danny Sullivan. You might have to look him up. Uh, and you have got Dean Raper. Um, okay, I'll I'll talk for Danny Sullivan because I think I put him in there. So in the early, in the late nineties, early two thousands, Paramount was trying to assemble a team that could do something. Um, and they got some really good players, and they got a young kid called Kalis. They got a young kid called Highmarsh. They got another guy called Danny Sullivan. And this guy, this guy was so good, so so good. But the problem was he got an injury, probably in this. I think it might be first or second year, and he just never recovered from it. So that's why I put him in there. He's probably not as worthy as some of the others, but that's why I've chucked him in. Um, Dean Raper, I feel like. I feel like Guy might know about him because he's a bit of a you're a St George fan, so you're going to have a, a better thing to say about Dean Raper. No, you're right, mate. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was a dragon who he came on the scene in 1996. It was his debut year, uh, and Dragons fans will know this, but for the wider league community who may remember or may not, that was the year we started off with half a team post the Super League false start. Uh, David Wake came in uh, and he debuted, so it was, it was sort of unknown. We just knew the name. Uh, Raper, of course, so you were hopeful. Uh, and he was one of our best-performed players that whole year. Uh, of course, we went on to make the grand final, um, a very unheralded side, and made that. And as Dragons fans, you know, we started off the year with real low expectations, and we've made a grand final and uh, and mixed it for a while with Manly. Thought, well, Dean Raper, he's going to be our guy for the next you know, the, the next decade or, decade or so. Uh, he only played 10 more first-grade games after that over the next two years and then disappeared. Um, and I, I, I still rack my brains as to why or how. I think he did suffer a few injuries. Uh, and then we had Luke Patton come along uh, a few years later. But you know, this kid looked like he's our guy at one for the next so up, next so many years and, and then just basically fell off the radar. Don't know what's happened to him since. So that, that's where I came up with him. All right. Well, yeah, Danny is, but uh, look, um, I think I think I even though Danny's holding my guy, I think Dean Raper is a better choice. So I think I'm gonna go with Dean. Um, anyone else want to disagree with Dean Raper? No, I'll lean that way. Simply, yeah, you get through playing your know, grand final in your first year and then kind of fall off the radar. It kind of says something happened. But yeah, looking yeah. the bio, I can't even see on Wikipedia and say anything about. Injuries or anything like that. So, yeah, don't know. I'm not sure. I know exactly what you mean. He's in the. Um, I think he was in the that NRL draft I did, but like I couldn't really give him very good stats because he just dropped off the radar after '98. So, like he was. He, no one wanted him because he had terrible stats. But yeah, no, fair enough. All right, we'll we'll keep it moving because otherwise we'll be here all night. Um, I got to pick them up. So we've got uh, Leon Bott and we've got Richie Williams. Uh, I don't know much about either of them, so someone's going to have to talk about these two. I remember Leon Bott's I'll name, take, that's it. I'll, I'll take Leon Bott. Okay. Um, 
He played in one final game. He exploded on the scene in 2005, in the same year Tim Smith won Rookie of the Year, and he actually came runner-up to Tim Smith. Um, he scored 13 He was a smallish winger, wasn't he? Yeah, we are. Yeah. yeah. Wings of the Broncos. Like short and stocky, is what I remember. Yeah, that's him. Hmm. Yeah. It looked like that. Uh, who was the guy that played for um, the Bulldogs? It was about 90% part yeah. It was Utah. Yeah, he looked like Utah. They were very similar players. Yeah, yeah. And just pushed over the line from close in. And he actually injured. He, was, um, he injured his shoulder and it never healed. And if you've ever done your shoulder, um, rotator cuff, they can be a bugger. And he just, it never healed. And he, he, he tried to carry on his career, but what finally killed his career was moving to Rugby Union in 2008. So that was the end of that. Fair enough. Well, I mean, then he's dead to everyone if he's playing Rugby Union. So, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, you know, 13 yeah. tries in five minutes and then shoulder and done. <laughs> yeah, that sounds... I think there's going to be a lot of guys here that it's injury that gets that stops them. So, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, Richie Williams. I need someone to help me with that one. Yeah, guy? I, I just remember he, he had a big mouth on him. <laughs> he, he, was the one, he, he was the one. I'm sure he called someone out, and I can't, I'm trying to rack my brains on who it was in opposition. Anasta. Sorry. It was Anasta, was yeah. it? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, you yeah, might be able to help the, the story. It, he slagged and he slagged an Asta before a game between the Dragon was it Penrith or Penrith or the Dragons ever he was playing for at the time, and he absolutely slashed he slashed an Asta calling him all these sort of names and the Roosters dominated him and absolutely just took him to pieces that day, and Asta was man of the match and um, yeah Richie Williams ended up with a sixteen point six seven percent winning record and after twelve games in NRL never seen again. So there you go. Okay. Did he have potential at the start? Because that's definitely unrealized if it if he did. <laughs> he had the oh, potential to run his mouth off and he fulfilled that. <laughs> okay. Was, All right, yeah. fair enough. So um yeah, look, I I I don't know which order we're gonna go in, but I think Leon Bott's probably a I, I don't even remember Richie Williams, so Leon Bott's gonna be my joy, choice. Yeah, and me too for the similar reasons. Yeah. Okay, well he can. Richard Williams yeah. can can go. All right, all right. We got. This could be the last eel in here. We got Chris Nininu. You know, it's all eels are from the same period too. Uh, and we got Tom <laughs> Simons. So, Inu played. Inu was a part of this reserve grade side that Parramatta had that also had Jared Hayne. Also had quite a lot of really good players. I think I think James Maloney and Blake Green were the halves. So it was a pretty amazing reserve grade side. Sorry, I'll pick that back up. Uh, so, yeah, Inu was in this fantastic reserve grade side at Paramount. It might have been Wetworthfield, whatever they were calling themselves at the time. And like that's I said, the year we, they beat Newtown in the final? Uh, it was a year or two before that, I think. But they, it was a really good side. So so this, this side had... Um, would have had guys like Tim Manor in it. Would have had, like I said, I'm pretty sure it was Maloney and Blake Green with a half, something like that. You had like Zeb Tyre and Folletti Matteo and like a lot of guys who would go on and, and be reasonably good first graders. Um, but they were all like world beaters in this. And Inu was like 
the worst world beater of world beaters. And then he basically got a, he got one game, maybe two games for Parramatta, and then he was picked for New Zealand. So he was like fast-tracked into he's going to be one of the greatest players that there ever was. Um, obviously, you know, got to play in a grand final in 2009, but never really got to – I don't think he really ever reached potential. He went over to England. He played a ride over there. I think he's still playing there, actually, or he played last year. But, um, yeah, I just don't think – I think for a guy who who's probably third, you know, like senior match was an international game for New Zealand, I think, you know, expected a bit more from him than that. So that's why I've got him in there. Um, yeah, I'm no, I definitely call him. Sorry, go, Jay. No, was, to me, he's the classic description of enigmatic. Oh yeah, it used to be a thing where he'd have the ball and we'd all yell at, "Don't try and offload it," because he would just do it anyway. Because he he got <laughs> in his mind that he was the greatest offloader ever, so he would just do it. Yeah. And then I remember, I remember a game we played. I think it might have been Canterbury. We were playing, and it was like. Two seconds before half time, there was nothing happening, and he just tried to force a pass. He threw it directly to the Bulldogs player who ran like almost the length of the field and scored at half time. And we're all like, What the hell was that? But he could do that and score you a try as well. So you yeah, just yeah. get to take the good with the bad. Uh, what are you going to say, Richard? He played 139 NRL games and 147 in the Super League, but I almost entirely associate him with the British game. As being yep. a Super League player. Yep. He played the grand final and a Challenge Cup final, both with Salford, in what was Salford's most successful period in living memory. But he just, yeah, I don't know. He, I, he, he had a career here, but it was never at the heights it could have been. And, but he had a good career in Super League, but always so, sort of unfashionable clubs, Lee, Salford, Catalans, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so the other one's Tom Simons. Uh, I, does anyone want to talk about Tom Simons? I'm I'm happy to defer. He was my pick. Yeah. Uh, look, Tom Simons has probably the most, the rarest, holds a record for the rarest sort of duo in rugby league. He was not only an Eastern Suburbs junior, which is rarer than rocking horse shit, he was actually let go by the Roosters for salary cap pressure. So two things. <laughs> that never happened. Hold on. That, that doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> he played 65 games for Manly and then he went to England. In three years, he managed 12 games at Huddersfield. I think he suffered a succession of injuries, including not speaking Northern and not asking for York to put him with his roast beef. Just a mm. terrible career. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, fair enough. All right, um, maybe we'll go around. Uh, I'll start. I'll start where I started last, first time. Um, Guy, what do you reckon, Inu or Simons? Uh, Simons sticks out to me just because I remember being a great player. I didn't realise such a short career or the short career that he had. Um, yeah, I, I'll go with Simons. Okay, fair enough, Richard. You, I'm assuming you're going Simons as well. Only because. I think Christian Krishnan had a very successful Super League career. Um, when you in total three hundred games almost between the two comps, I think he probably found his level. Whereas Tom, just yeah, it could have been anything, it just wasn't. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I my argument to that would be 
he played 300 games and he almost did nothing with them. So it's, <laughs> that was that would be my that would be my assertion of that. But that, that's fine. Uh, what about you, Jay? What do you reckon? Uh, I'd go Inu just because I think the gap between his best and most of what we saw, I reckon, is bigger than than Simon's. I don't think Simon's probably had the same capability. Mm. Um, so so I'd lean to Inu on that one. Okay. Well, I, I was going to go Inu as well. So it means we get our first coin toss. So heads will be Inu and tails will be Simon's because that's the order I ran them out in. So let's see if we can. And it's going to be Tom Simon's goes through because we've got tails. So even even in luck, Inu's can't even get there, but <laughs> that's fine. All right. Maybe. See, he probably threw a flick pass as I was trying to flip that, and he's like, no. <laughs> Okay, so he always grin as he shot for goal too, didn't he? Yes, yes, he is well known for things, but that doesn't mean yes. he was. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, okay, so we've got Chris Flannery, and we have Tim Moulton. Uh Chris Flannery is probably going to be you again, Richard, because you're this player. We probably all don't know. I I thought Chris Flannery had a really good career, but I don't know much about yeah, him. Yeah, that's my memory too. I kind of that's why I kind of thought he's probably got closer to his potential than. Hmm. Yeah, and I think looking at his, I think when I named him, I was thinking of his Australian career, but then you look at his English career, and he had an absolute. We had a really good career with Helen's, but. Where he probably is, he lost in the grand, two grand finals for the Roosters. So he lost to Penrith and he lost the Bulldogs. And he lost in four consecutive grand finals in Super League for St. Helens. The only thing he ever won was a Challenge Cup, which is James Graham esque stats in yeah. the winning stakes. So he James was a Graham loser of winning. <laughs> yeah, James Graham stats of winning things is not good. <laughs> But, but he, he did, did win, win one. He yeah. won the last. He one. won that last one in in the in the in the game that had no crowd. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly right, and no one cared. Off that goal kick. Oh God, yes, <laughs> that's right. He was in that game, wasn't he? Yes, <sighs> yes, he was on the bench, standing on the sideline. That's right. Well, they basically just named him to be motivational. He's he's a really, from what I can tell, he's a really intelligent football brain, and I really like listening to what he talks about. But yeah, his luck winning things was not great. All right. Um, Chris Flannery wasn't the crushers, but didn't get a game. So that's sort of that's got to give that's got to count. In yeah, I was going to say that it's not great. Um, so I'm just making sure I've got the right numbers and things. So I've got everything right. One, two, two, three, four, five, and six. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, okay. Uh, Tim Maltzen. We haven't got a Balmain guy here, but does someone want to? Oh, sorry, West Tigers guy here. Yeah, I'll let you do it, guy. Well, I'm, I'm a, a Dragons man amongst not before I was a Rams man, but uh, so I, I talk about Tim Maltzen through gritted teeth because he, if people remember, did sign for the Dragons to come over and then did a big did. old backflip. And I remember being on the hill at Cogra one uh, Friday night when we were playing the Tigers and the crowd, I've never heard them give it to anyone uh, as much as they gave it to Tim Maltz and even uh, Gordon Tallis when he set out the season uh, back in 96. Um, but he, he was a really good player, moving that, uh, that aside, um, and then had a, an injury and then that was the end of him. Uh, that was after he decided to stay with the Tigers and last I heard he was in real estate. I think he was interviewed on one of... Vossi's uh, interviews on uh, on the fan. Um, yeah, good player. Uh, yeah, sadly, could have terribly injury. 
Yeah, I always remember he was a lot of potential. He was supposed to be the next big thing, and he just never, yeah. just never happened for him. And then he got the injury. So, I mean, if he if he'd stayed, if he'd gone to St George, because he he injured himself after he backflipped on St George, and then that was yeah. what happened. Yeah. So you know, you never you never know. He might have been a great St George, uh, St George World Dragons legend or something. Maybe I don't know. Probably not. He was injured yeah. in that 2010 season and he didn't play in that. He, he missed most of the season. Yeah. Had he not injured himself, he could have played in that prelim and scored the winning try instead of SKD. There's a hypothetical for you, David. Yeah, yeah that, maybe, maybe very much so. Um, <laughs> okay, look, if I'm voting, I'm, I think Tim Maltzen more than Chris Flannery. Does anyone want yeah, to go no, the other way? No, I think you're right. Okay, cool. So Flannery is gone. Maltzen's in the next round. Cool. I just pulled them all out, put them in groups now, so it's a lot faster. Uh, so we've got Adam Ritson and we've got Tony Williams. Uh, both of these are Parramatta ones too. They're all Parramatta ones in here, guys. Um, <laughs> I don't mean them to be. It's just there's a lot of ones <laughs> that didn't reach potential and they're all somehow linked to Parramatta. So... Ritson, we all know the story. We basically know why he never reached his potential is because he had a had something, you know, he had a hit from who was the Canberra player that hit him? It was Lomax. Oh, Lomax. Yeah. Lomax, yeah. And then he got the brain scan and they found out that he had this degenerative, you know, condition and he was didn't he have a he had tumor or something, I think it was, on his brain. And I mean he, luckily he survived. Like it, the thing is that, you know, the high tackle saved his life because he probably would have dropped dead like two weeks later. Mm. Um and, you know, I mean, he's, he seems to be, from the last time I've seen him, he seems to be doing okay. But, yeah, career that was that was very badly lost. I mean, he was he was brought into grade for Cronulla by, by Artie Beetson when he was the coach there. And he just said, you know, this kid's he basically was going to mould him to be just like him. And, you know, if he could have been that, it'd be great. And then, you know, Parramatta and their big spending spree in the 90s went, we're going to take him, took him and we got... He was only 16 too, wasn't he, when he debuted? Yeah, he was really young. I think we mm. only got a couple of games out of him before that high yeah. shot, and then that was the end of it. So, you know, that's the potential unrealized, not before, for anything he did, but just because, yeah. you know, of a condition. That's that's all you can really say. Um, the other one, Tony Williams. I mean, you could argue Tony Williams reached some potential, but the way that he was talked about and the way that, you know, what he when he burst onto the scene, how good he was supposed to be, he kind of yeah, just... to me, he's like he's, he's like a few of these on on the list that hmm. yes, they, they reached heights like he played for Australia and all the rest. But the difference between their best and what you mostly saw from them was was yeah. enormous. Yeah, it was uh, huge. On his day, when he first came in on the scene, he was just like tearing teams apart, and you know, calling T Rex was appropriate. Hmm. And then other games, he just play as soft as anything and do nothing and. Yeah, just the gap was, was what really stood out. He was on my list, I think, and uh, yeah, you know, just that, that gap between the best and, and what we mostly saw was was enormous. Yeah, definitely. And this is hard one to judge between the two of them because one of them is an unfortunate incident that you couldn't really do much about, and the other one is, you know, like you said, once again, too much difference between their best and worst. So whether that's attitude or what, because he had a few injuries, but nothing too major. You know, <laughs> no. really. He really just didn't turn up and play half the time. So, exactly. you know, I don't know how you judge yeah, that. But, yeah. It's a tough one for me. I had them both in my list is that Adam Ritson, we never got to see what he could really do. 
but we got to see what T-Rex could really do. But to Jay's yeah. point, we, we didn't see that often. Mm. And, yeah, I mean, I yeah, I, I remember seeing him play for Parramatta. Early on, this is Tony Williams, sorry. And he put a fend on a Melbourne Storm player. I, I can't remember who it was. I almost pushed him six feet into the dirt. It was one of the biggest I've ever seen. I thought it was a wow thing. And I was mm. it's not para fan, but I was excited to see where this guy was going to go and, and all too often let down by it. Yeah, yeah, and he, he sort of he went from from Parramatta to Canterbury, and then that didn't really work. And then he went end up at Manly, and that didn't really work. And mm. you know, did he play mm. for someone else between? I think that was just the three. But yeah, it just just never worked out for him. Um, you know, the fun stopped when he they stopped playing you on the wing, and he stopped getting just to bulldoze, you know, bulldoze tiny people and smash them into nothing, and they kept trying to play him in the middle. And I don't think he liked it. No, no, I don't think mm. he did either. He's probably the perfect player to play like a, an edge back rower nowadays, but they didn't really play them like that back then, so it didn't really work. I mean, they did, but it was it's a slightly different role now. I can you could imagine yeah. if he was if he was playing in today's game and he was like you know outside of a of a Cleary or even a Moses or a, you know Adam Reynolds, one of them just mm. just running off the hip, like he would be he'd be devastating. He he had more potential than a lot of these guys that. You know, we talk about nowadays being like some of the best back rowers that we've seen. He just he had it, but just didn't want to use it. So, yep. all right. Um, I I don't know where to go with this one, so I'm going to let you guys go first because then I can make my decision as I go. Um, whoever wants to jump I'll, in, I'll edge to Ritson more just because, yeah, you know, as you say, we did see what Williams could do. Um, Richardson's kind of like that big unknown. You know, you, your first sightings of him, you thought this kid is going to be another Artie Beetson. And Beetson's mm. an immortal. So I kind of think, you know, probably the, the most untapped there would be you know, go Richardson. Cool. All right. Oh, Richard? Echo, those, echo those sentiments. Richardson as well. Okay. All right. Are you thinking? I've still, still got splinters in the bum, but yeah, look, Ritson for the reasons that Jay's Jay's mentioning that, that we, yeah. yeah, we we never saw it. We never saw, yeah, yeah what he could have enough. done. Yeah. I think I think after what Jay said, I would probably go on Ritson anyway. So that's good. Mm. Um, I'm glad that we didn't have to coin. We could have coin flipped that one, but it would have been fine. Uh, okay, we still got a few more in the first round. So we've got Royston Lightning. One of the greatest names in rugby league, <laughs> uh, and we've got he still plays, but no potential. Brody Croft. So, yeah, I need someone to do Royston Lightning because I know the name and I don't know anything else about him. Oh, he w- he was on my list. Um, I- I'll take it back because I-, I used to watch him play in the days where they used to televise the. Wasn't the Commonwealth Bank Cup, but wasn't the university? I can't remember the name of it at the time. Uh, and he was one of these many players that were coming out of the, the Riverina, like, like one of those Yanko Wamoon colleges or or the like, where you see these fellas who go on to play ultimate for the Raiders. I think he played with Todd Payton uh, amongst a bunch of other players. And he was, I mean, he had the name, of course, but he was the standout guy. He was, yeah. I want to say lightning. That sounds a bit too cliched, but he, he was a proper playmaker. Um, yeah, and and this was in a team that used to dominate and devastate uh, most other teams. So you just saw the disparity between was it Yanko Wamoon? I, I can't quite remember. Someone will be able to Google that while I'm yapping away. Um, 
play, but then he goes on to play the NRL. I think he only played something like, I'm looking up here, just at my notes, 14 first-grade games for the Raiders over three years. Uh, and one of those was in the Super League year where he played most of his games. So it was just one of those ones that he stood out like a like a like a lighthouse in in the the, the university, whatever you want to call it, tournaments. And then once he hit first grade, it was like, right, let's see what this kid can do. And 14 first grade games over three seasons, and that was it. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I feel like Jay might need to talk about Brodie Croft. Yeah, I had him on my list. Um, to me, probably not to the same extent, but Tim Smith-like for me. Like He came through through the juniors, and there was a lot of talk, and he was behind Cronk um, and almost talked of as a, as a Cronk clone. He, and... and I think his first shot was in the World Club Challenge and Cronk didn't play. And he had an absolute blinder. And you thought the Storm's got their, their Cronk replacement here. Um, and then, I, I don't know, it's the curse of the Melbourne system because he tried to play like Cronk and, and couldn't. Um, but you know, then he's gone over to England and, and, and been their man of steel. And so he obviously can play, but he just never showed what he could do and probably more around his defensive capabilities, I think, is why he didn't last at Melbourne. But, um, yeah, just has, to me, never realised what he first looked like when he came on the scene. I think he's, I think he's, see, it was one, two seasons in Brisbane, but his season in Brisbane was where everyone kind of turned. Like, at yeah. Melbourne, it didn't work out, and that was fine. You know, like, at Melbourne had so many players coming through and, and they kind of were making a decision and they kind of went... All right. Well, we've got to make a decision between him and um, oh God. What's the Melbourne halfback's name? Jay Hughes. Thank Melbourne you, Hughes. Hughes. God, I yeah. couldn't think of his name. Between him and Hughes, and it's like, well, which way do we go? And they decided on Hughes, which was which proved to be the right choice, I suppose. Um, and then Croft was like, oh, I'll go to Brisbane, make them better, and it felt like a lot of a lot of weight was on his shoulders for that, and it didn't really work out. And then, like you said, he played. He played really well in his first season at Salford. I don't think he was that great this year. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, I think he's but a good even player. There, again, that, that, that first season, like he, he'd been in and out of first grade and then the, the semi against South, I don't know if you remember that, Stormen, I think, won 27-26 or something. Hmm. And and Croft had an absolute great game in that match in that semi-final to knock South out. Um, yeah. So, so, kind of, so you could see what he could do, but he just couldn't do it consistently. Yeah. Fair enough. I think right. with Croft, he's one of those guys that can be a, a good third player in the halves. When you've got a talented hooker, you've got a talented halfback. He can play that 5'8 role. He can run the ball where he's got a swerve and a step. He's elusive and he's fast. That works really well in England. You can play in the halves and be a successful half if you can just run. Because a lot of those guys are, they just, he's got that step and that ability just to get through gaps in the line. There's a little bit more space sometimes in, in broken field play in England. And that really suits his game. And in Australia, he needs to be alongside some superb Italian players. To, and he didn't have that at Brisbane. And I think that's, it's about getting him in the right system. And then he's okay and the right position, the right thing. So I think he can. Lived his potential, but I think his potential is limited, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, okay, I'll, I think Royston Lightning, for me, is probably a bit more because I think the name the name feeds into it more than anything else. Um, 
but I look, I, I could go either way with that, but I, I, I'd go Royston Lightning. Um, Jay, I'm assuming, would you go Croft or Lightning? No, no, I'd actually go Lightning, mainly okay. because, again, I think Croft had um, probably some some limitations in his game, to, which is probably part of the reason um, he didn't get to the, 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 the very best of him that you could see on the odd occasion, whereas I, I do remember Lightning coming through, and, and I remember, yeah, all the talk of him as being a gun, and, again, you just saw glimpses, but just never kicked on. So I, I'd go Lightning as well. Um, yeah, I I don't know if anyone else is going to go Brody Croft. If both of you go Croft, we have a coin flip. But maybe I'm assuming this. Yeah. I'm assuming you're both going to go Royston Lightning. Yeah, ninety-two point eight six percent win record for Royston Lightning, and how you can have that win record and not kick off, not play again? Something went wrong. So something definitely went wrong. All right, fair enough. You don't even have to talk about that one, guy. You can just you can just nod your head. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's go to the next one. So we've got we've got Julian O'Neill. This should be fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if you thought controversial, look, this I didn't I didn't plan this, but these come out together. Ready? Anthony Mundine. <laughs> so we've got Julian O'Neill and Anthony Mundine. So I'm going to set aside another couple of hours and talk about these two. Yeah, two <laughs> of the most loved players. <laughs> Um, I'm happy to see to anyone to talk about these two because I don't know what to say about them. Yeah, well, I, I can go Mundine. Um, yeah. For me, okay, Dragons, we know that. Um, came on the scene, I think he started around 93. Uh, and, and 96, I mentioned Dean Raper before, but Anthony Mundine was the reason we got to the grand final, no doubt. And um, you consider the sides of that era where you had your, your Manleys, your, your Bulldogs, um, you know, the Broncos were still swimming around. Um, you know, the Raiders were still good then, but we were we were at the top. We, we, we finished, you know, finished grand final, and um, you know we, we lost it. And then over the next couple of seasons, he just grew legs, and um, I, I still believe he's the, the the greatest player that the Dragons have produced in in my time watching them. Um, he left the NRL. We know the story. Um, went into boxing, and he had a gutful. Um, he left at twenty five. 25 years old is, is when he left. Um, and you think of the longevity of players uh, these or these days, but even back then, he could have played another 10 years. And, and I still feel that we, we never even saw the best of him. We, we saw, I saw greatness. Um, he's one of the most enigmatic players, of course. Skilled playmaker, off the cuff, him and uh, Blacklock, those years for me are the most exciting as a Dragons fan. Um, and, yeah, he left to do boxing. That worked out worked very well for him, of course. But for me, unrealised potential on the league field, he 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 could have been one of the greatest players I've ever seen. I know he wasn't well-liked um, outside the league, you know, mouthing off, but you never saw him disrespect anyone on the field. You, you, know, you never see anything histrionics and that kind of thing on the field is all off it. There was all that kind of thing, which I know that doesn't uh, got washed well with a lot of players, a lot of fans, sorry. But for me, for those reasons, at 25 to leave the sport, um, yeah, there was at least 10 years of what could have been. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I don't even know what to say about Julian O'Neill. Does anyone want to? Because I, I don't really know. <laughs> Obviously, you know, he played for the, played for the Broncos. He, Somehow ended up at Souths at one point, so that was fun. Um, yeah, does anyone want to jump in about Julian O'Neill? Because I don't really know. I don't really know what else to say about him apart from he could have been great if he was if he was a decent human being. But 
Yeah, oh, exactly. <laughs> just just alcohol and illicit substances. Just just he he couldn't turn them down. He 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 had all the talent in the world. He 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 showed it at times. Played for Queensland. Played for Australia. Mm. Um, a great player, but could have been so much better if he did just played football. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. There's a couple of things on Julian O'Neill. I don't know if anyone really played over 350 first grade games in total across mm. the across the different country for 10 different clubs. 105 for Brisbane, and then his other 256 between nine different clubs. It's 30 games a club average. He just kept He's moving. Kicked kicked. Out. <laughs> it was yeah, it was alcohol, or it was contractual issues, or it was some form of issue over something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Sadly. Wasn't he married to Samantha Riley at one point, the swimmer? No, engaged. Oh, engaged, was it? Yeah. That was the biggest, yeah. like, say, mismatch in terms of, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Morally. She was an absolute clean skin. She was yep. known for her clean living. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Poor Julian. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I think he'll always be remembered for the off-field stuff and not for the on-field stuff, and that's probably where the unrealised potential is. But, yeah, all right. Um, this one's tough for me. Just on that, I was just going to say, and on that, it, it, it yeah. rubbed off on Jeremy Schloss. If there's players named for one thing, he, 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 it's like, it you can't You can't say the name Jeremy Schloss without thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's what we should just call it from now on. We're going to take a schloss. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know which way to go. I. It's hard to put It's hard to put Mundane forward because I feel like he did do a bit. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'll go I'll go Mundane. I don't know why. I feel like I just don't, I can't vote for Julian O'Neill for anything. <laughs> Yeah, I'd go Mundine as well. I think Guy's argument swung me pretty much. I think the fact he left the game early, mm. um, you know, we know he had the talent, we know he had the skill, and we just, you know, leaving at 25, who knows? Yeah, definitely. Um, Mundine, absolutely. Yeah. One okay. of the most naturally gifted footballers I ever saw play the game. And that, that he only got three games the Blues is woeful. Like, he was an absolute talent. And, yeah. Yeah. It was a shame. The other the the problem for him was the time that came through and just the kind of no one liked his attitude. So they kept picking Laurie Daly and when they probably in in an earlier time or in any other time they probably would have transitioned Daly to, you know, to the centers or to to lock or something in in origin to make way for him. But you yeah. know, they didn't Yeah. They didn't do that because they, they didn't done. like him. So, you know, I mean that's, that's probably exactly done. what happened. Yeah, I'm glad he didn't do that pass in '99. I'm happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll vote for him on that grounds alone. I mean, he's also he well known for some of the funniest things, like like some of the the ter- like the silliest things that happened on fields too. Because you know, guys probably going to love this, but like St George were really well known for bombing a try. So you know, like <laughs> really well known yeah. for it. A little, a little fact on that though that I, I was at that game the 110,000 I saw it all crashing down near the end of Jay was happy of course mm. but we actually scored a try after that Mundine drop McGregor yeah. scores so it, 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 I mean I've never watched the game in full I can't do it but 
we actually did come back after that and pull another try on. But after that, uh, to wear a nick, I mean, this is another conversation, I know, but um, yeah, it just wasn't to be. And unfortunately, it all sort of you know, pointed towards Mundine from a lot of fans because, yeah, he, he wasn't so much light, so they to put it on him. Yeah, well, fair enough. Uh, okay, let's let's move on. So we've got uh, Dave Taylor and Jamal Idris. It's an interesting conversation about these two. Um, I can I can probably talk about Dave Taylor a bit. I don't know him that great, like, the, but I I just feel like the one thing you can say about Dave Taylor is he was a halfback in a front rower's body. Um, he wanted to be a halfback, and I feel like he didn't really want to apply himself as as what he needed to be. He jumped around a lot of clubs. Ended up, I think he ended up playing for, it's got to be a similar amount that Julian O'Neill played for. It was quite a lot of them. Um, and I just don't think he ever really, I don't think he ever really got there, but yeah, I don't know. Anyone want to say more about Dave Taylor? Yeah, I'd agree with that assessment. He had all another one of those, all the skills, but just, wouldn't do it consistently and whether that's you know, come down again, work ethic or, or whatever. But he just always, to me, felt a lazy player. Um, mm-hmm. But when he decided to play, he was one of the best you'd see at times. Yep, fair enough. And he also was a uh, one of the only forward sort of front rowers you'd ever see that would, would try a chip and chase. So, yes, you know, <laughs> so at least he was there for good comical value. Um, <laughs> and then we've got Jamal Idris. Um yeah, I mean, Jamal Idris feels very much like Chris Nenu in a way, except he didn't have a successful English career. So I don't know. I'm not really a Canterbury fan, so. I had him on my list. And again, in the maybe the Tony Williams role, the, the big guy, the big guy in the backs. I know Tony Williams ended up with the forward. Is, you see this giant out there destroying people, and it's like, it's got that wow factor to it. And... He, you know, he played for a few seasons, played Origin. I mean, it was, again, when Tony Williams got picked, it was the same for me when Jamal Idris got picked. Like, he's this big guy. We're going to, you know, he's going to terrorise. We've finally got a weapon on our hands here. Like, he was a weapon, but he ended up having problems with his, I think it was his hips or something, which mm. curtailed his career, which might have been a reason why, he, you know, he, he sort of didn't demonstrate consistency. Uh, but, again, another big guy, a weapon who, yeah, for, for reasons – Potentially injury that just didn't didn't go on with it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't. No one's got anything else from anyone. No, not really. Uh, I. I don't know. I feel like I feel like the novelty of Dave Taylor is a novelty. I feel like Idris is a better pick. So I'm going to get Idris. Um, what do you reckon, Guy? Um, I'm I'm actually swaying to Dave Taylor to be honest with you. Yeah, <laughs> um, okay, I, 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 I'm going back on my own pick. Um, that's all right. Just, 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 talent, like, Jamal was a big guy and strength and talented, of course. But Dave Hayer had unique talent for a bloke his size. Mm. So for, for, for those reasons, I'd probably swing towards Taylor. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I, I lean that way as well for some yeah. reasons. Okay, Dave Taylor. What about you, Richard? Uh I don't know. I mean, this one, this is the, probably the hardest one out of the lot because it's just, they're, they're so similar. And then for the, the same reasons, you could pick either. And I'm just going to go with Taylor because 
Yeah, it's cool. I feel like he could have been anything. But, least, yeah, Idris, yeah. Idris would have been equally valid. Yeah, it's fine. I don't mind. I'll, I'll be the island there. That's fine. Um, <laughs> okay, so we've got four more in the first round, and then we can quickly jump through, and then we'll just do votes after that, because otherwise we're going to go forever. Uh, you're going to love this one. It's uh, Graham Apo. Graham Apo. <laughs> Against, how about this one? Owen Craigie. <laughs> so, well, I'll let you talk about Graham Apo, guy, because that's obviously close to you. Yeah, yeah, a bit of a train spotter's pick there, and like a cult hero amongst all. Oh, there's not many Rams fans around, let's be honest, compared to other clubs these days. But I just wanted to run through a bit of a, a thing about uh, Graham Apo. So he was with the Raiders, um, and sort of a middling players played a few first grade. And he got kicked out of the Raiders in '98, and then the Rams took him on. And I just want to run through some things just to talk about the season he had in 98, which might give a bit of scope in it. So he actually debuted in round nine, by which stage the Rams had only won one game. So they had one game and eight losses, dead last on the comp. Uh, Rod Reddy had got sacked a lot after. Uh, he went on to play 14 games for the Rams that year, and he scored 116 points. He actually scored 12 tries and 34 goals, and you know, basically in the two seasons that the Rams had, he was the highest point scorer. And with Apo in the side, actually won six of the 14 games. So the 14 games he played, they won six. Without him, they only won one, and that was early in the season before he'd even joined the club. And one of the things that I found out in doing Rams research and my little sort of train spotting myself is that up until 2011, when I started doing stats for the NRL in terms of various you know line breaks and tackle busts and all those kind of things, the 1988 Adelaide Rams had the highest line break average of any club from 1998 to 2011, and it was largely because of Graham Apo. They had an average of 6.4 per game. And he, after yeah, the Rams folded in 98, of course, uh, he went to play uh, for the Roosters next year. So for uh, yeah, our friend, uh, <laughs> friend's Roosters here, um, only three games for them, and then 15 for the Cowboys, and then that was it. Uh, and he finished with the NRL at 26 years of age. So he had a he had a real purple patch season with the with the Rams before at the Raiders, not so much Rams blinding, and then sort of just fizzled out. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, I mean, Owen Craigie. It's it's hard not to do this list without Owen Craigie in it. So I think Graham Mack is going to be in a bit of trouble here. Uh, yeah. Owen Owen Craigie came through at Newcastle. Is that correct? Pretty sure he came through at Newcastle. Um, yeah. And was just a devastating. I think they played him in the centres. I think he could play in the halves. I think he could play wherever you wanted to put him. He was like the utility, the ultimate utility. He could play anywhere. Um, he had some really good seasons uh, at Newcastle. He, I think he... I think his biggest trouble was he always had trouble with the weight and I think he was yeah. always a little bit overweight and he just couldn't control it. And yeah, he just, his career just fizzled out and I don't know why it did. He, he went to South Sydney, I think. And then I don't know if he went anywhere else after that, but he just kind of, I I think he just kind of just disappeared. Was he in that South side? He actually had got two scenes with the Tigers. The Tigers? Yeah. Okay. I don't remember that, but yeah, Makes 2000, sense. 2001, he was at the Tigers. He played for Souths when they came back in the comp. Yeah, oh, okay, South there you go. Two, three, and four. Yeah, so in the years they won like two games or three games in a yeah. season. Yeah. 
They so, won 11 games in three seasons, which is a sort of win ratio I enjoy Southwark getting. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so, look, I didn't give a really good argument for Owen Craigie, but I kind of feel like we all know the Owen Craigie story. So that that's that's who I'd vote for. So I think that's where I'm going. Um, what about you? Yeah. yeah? I was just going to say, I agree he was on my list and it was I'm pretty sure it was either Matt or Andrew John said he's the most naturally gifted player there's ever seen and to have that rating from from those boys and, yeah, we know how it all panned out. Yeah, I'm going with Owen Craigie. Yeah, yeah, me too. Okay. I didn't think there was going to be much of a disagreement on that one. Um, okay, cool. We've I think got... Craigie had a slightly more talented cousin called Greg English. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, maybe slightly more talented. <laughs> <laughs> well, more successful, should we say? I'm going to vote home, Craigie, though. Yeah, fair enough. All right, so we'll move on to the next one. So we have this one's controversial. Um, I better, I'll just, what am I doing there? Let's go do that so you guys can see me. Ah, oh, there we go. Uh, so this one was controversial. We've got Josh Schuster. His crew's not over yet, but that's fine. Uh, someone's calling it early. Uh, and Luke Brooks. His career's not over yet, but someone's called it. So this will be interesting because Manly fans are going to be sitting there going, oh, they're both great. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I I don't know who put Josh Schuster in. I can't remember who it was. I don't want to be... Was, was it? Yep. Okay. Do you want to talk about Josh Schuster and why you think he's unrealised potential? Um. Again, he's he's probably in that category I put down to attitude. Um, Mm. Again, on on his best, he just looks like he could be one of the best players in the game, and he just doesn't bring it. Um, And, yeah, all I can put it down to, it just seems to be work ethic, attitude, all of those things. And you just think, you know, some of the other players you see who, you know, work hard, you think if he had that work ethic, I think he could be, you know, one of the, the best we, we, we've seen. He's just got all the skills, you know, same, same as kind of Dave Taylor in, you know, that ball playing big forward, can play, you know, can play six, can play second row. You can play him in the front row um, and just doesn't bring it. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I just don't know. I don't know if it's maybe I'm being a bit naive, but I'm not sure if it's too early yet to say that. But, yeah, maybe it's not. Oh look, and, and I agree with that as well. He, he, he I, for his sake, and for you know, not not for, for manly sake, but uh, I hope he does because you know, you, you want to see talent perform, and he's definitely got it all. Yeah, and definitely. All I right. Just, I just wonder if he will. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So the other one, Luke Brooks. I, someone else can tack on the end of this, but basically, I think Luke Brooks is on this list because someone at some point said he's going to be the next Andrew Johns. And that's basically what happened. And I don't think that he ever had a, a great career or a terrible career. I think he was good as a, you know, as a Tigers player. I think he had a quite an, he had some really good games. He had some not so good games, but um, there's certain, you know, Tigers fans who still who think he did probably get to his potential or at least was a great player. But yeah, I don't know. I don't think he was ever that great. So I, I don't know. It's someone else want to sort of, Disagree with me, but I don't think he was. Yeah, I, I, I was at the game. He did his debut at the SCG, and he's you know played a blinder. And sometimes a player can have a blinder in the first game, and 
sort of get measured at that bar for for quite some time. Um, I, I'd look at Luke Brooks as the one guy who was loyal to the Tigers in that big four. And I, I used to hate the term the big four, but you know, had they stuck together, that Tigers side, there's unrealised potential there. That Tigers side could could have gone on to great things. And in some ways, I think he might have paid the price for loyalty to to stay with that club when others left and Tedesco and Maltzen, no, not Maltzen, sorry, Moses and and Woods and, and all others around them. So in some ways, it's unrealised potential for me in that had he gone to another club, you know, it wasn't through his own doing. It's probably the, the loyalty that probably held him back. And I also think, too, I, I think his potential is more, and he, we may see it manly good given he's got an organising half inside him. I think he's a running half, and the Tigers have tried to play him as an organising half. And I think when he kind of lets go of the organising and, and plays a bit more, Add lead more running. I I think he's a he's a better player. So he was on my list mainly around that reason. Is is I think he's got definitely got better ability than he showed when he's by being used the wrong way. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, yeah. I mean, we can. I let you two do it. I just noticed that uh, Richard dropped out unfortunately, so I don't know what's happened there. But uh, I'll let you go first, guy. What do you think? Uh, Schuster or Brooks? Um, Brooks of these two, because for reasons you've stated, is that Schuster's only 22 and he's got a career. So, um, yeah, we've we've seen Brooks and, yeah, I'm going with him for that reason. That Yeah, Schuster's got a bit ahead of him. Okay, fair enough. Um, What do you reckon, Jay? Yeah, look, I'd I'd probably lean the same way. Um, If it was – if Schuster doesn't kick from where he is – to me, he's definitely the one with the bigger gap between what we're seeing and and, and what he normally delivers. But yeah, it's probably maybe it's a bit unfair to have him uh, in here at this point of his career. Fair enough. Okay, cool. Well, I'm not going to disagree, so that's fine. Uh, we've got the second last group. We've got another Tiger, Simon Dwyer, uh, and another real Jacob Loco. So. Uh, yeah, look, I, I think I'll talk about Jacob Loco. So does someone else want to do Simon Dwyer? Yeah, I'll, he was on my list, so I'll do that. Cool. Um, yeah, to me, Dwyer was yeah one of those classic injuries. Just yeah, He was a, a guy who came up um, small-ish, um, but just hit like you know, a, a brick shithouse when he, he just tackled, he just, he just cut people in half. He's he played way above his weight uh, and then just got that horrific hip injury that basically ended his career. Well, it was only what, one or two seasons in. Um, yeah, I just, just you know, it's kind of like a Ritson to me. I, I was really looking forward to see where this guy's career could go um, based on what we saw. And then just that horrific injury was was all over. Yeah, the Tigers, the Tigers at that time, you know, you think about, yeah, think about the size that were were great in that early two like twenty tens, and and the Tigers were really good. Like this mm. was this was a side that had like Dwyer was fantastic for them. And then that you know he got the injury. We we're talking about Maltzen earlier had the injury, and then you had your, your big four were, were you know, young guys coming through, and you know it was all about trying to you know bring those guys through as well. And it just kind of never happened for them. So 
Um, and we, we think about it now, you think about the West Tigers and what they've been for the last 10 years. And they've basically been, you know, an afterthought for 10 years. Like they haven't made the yeah. finals for so long. But they were they were within one game of a grand final and probably within one game of winning the grand final because if they had beaten, you know, the, the Dragons in 2010, I don't think that they would have been beaten by the Roosters. I just don't think that would have happened. So, yeah. you know, like it's they – came, they came incredibly close. Um, but, yeah, just, you know, didn't get there. And then – and that, that's this is one of the reasons I think you know like Simon Dwyer got two good years and and then was gone. So yeah. and they had a few other sort of guys who were from the 2005 side that had kind of you know getting towards the end and they kind of moved off and obviously they lost guys to you know they lost um, Highington and a few of the other guys from that team kind of dropped out just before that time. So they were kind of in a weird transition. You know they they'd kind of picked up. Like what did Takiri and things like that? So you know they were they were a good side, and then you know a few a few kind of things didn't go their way, and all of a sudden the bottom fell out, and they just didn't ever recover from it. So I kind of see Simon Dwyer as kind of the last kind of thing to fall to make the Tigers kind of fall over in a way. Like they, I, I think that if he hadn't been injured, they probably would have been a little bit better than what they were. So anyway, um, Jacob Loco. Uh, so I talked about Kristen Inu, and I talked about we talked about Tony Williams, and we talked about all the others, and then along came the locomotive Jacob Loco, who was supposed to be, you know, like the next everything else. Um, and I think he played one or two games, probably not many games. I can't remember how it was, but it wasn't many. Then he got himself in trouble. I think he signed with Canterbury, got himself in more trouble, and that was just the end for him. So. 13 um, games he played. How many? 13. 13. Wow. Okay. Much more than I thought he played. But yeah, he was he was supposed to be the next big thing and he just it just never happened. So yeah. I don't know. I've got a lot of guys like that. It's very hard to give you more than that, but that is that is basically what it is. It was it was the um it was the the carousel of of players who would be on the left hand, you know, sort of the left center, left wing for like reserve grade for Parramatta who would be the next big thing. And they would play, you know, a handful of games. They would probably play for New Zealand and then they were gone. So he's just not one there. He got injured. He got yeah. injured in 2011 and he missed his entire season. And just as he was starting 2012, he got injured again and missed an entire season. Hmm. So it's like, James Tedesco, I mean, the Tigers or Billy Smith and the Roosters that were just entire years blown out of the water through injuries and he never recovered. Yeah. And I think he went he to Canterbury and then he got himself in trouble, didn't he? Didn't he do something stupid? Yeah, got caught in possession of ecstasy tablets at um, Star Casino and was sacked by the dogs and that was the end of that. Yeah, and that was the end of his career because he didn't do anything else. Cool. All right. So Simon Dwyer and Jacob Loco, I... Jacob Loco would have been my pick, but I think Simon Dwyer is, is a is a better unrealized potential. Yeah, I'm going Dwyer's to yeah. oh, All right, that's fine. The my computer typed out. So who was that? Who won out of uh, Schuster and Brooks? Uh, Brooks. Brooks, it was. Yeah, sorry, I, they're in the bag, so I couldn't see him. Okay, so uh, this is our last two. Uh, we have. Dan Cargo and Jarrell Yao Yi. Yao Yi, sorry, I should say. 
Um, I didn't put either of these in. So anyone want to talk about Dane Cargill? I, I did Yao Yi, but I didn't do Carlo. So if anyone did that. So I did Yao Yi as well. I don't know where Dan Carlo came from. Anyway, Dan Carlo played for Brisbane. Yep. Great. Yep. I don't think he's going to be beating Ger- Gerald Yao Yi anyway. So let's just. No, no. Carlo's another one of those who, again, you, you looked at the, the, when he first came on the scene, big guy, breaking tackles everywhere. Um, you thought he was going to be huge and just. Didn't kick on. He played. Did he play a couple of Origin games? I can't. I think he, he did, did. But again, just never. He yeah, did. just never, never fulfilled what you thought he was going to do. Fair enough. Um, guy joined Queensland thirteen times and yeah, played for played Broncos hundred eighty three times. He played a bunch of games, so mm. I, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not sure how he got in this list, but anyway. Um, no. Guy, do you want to talk about Jarrell Yagi? Yagi. Stop saying Yagi. Yeah, we know the, the the story, the broken ankle, um, and never never played again since. He, I mean, he burst on the scene, and another one of these young Broncos uh, had played had played state. Did he play for his country? I can't remember yep. if he, he, yeah, did. he did. Pretty sure he did. Yeah, yeah, and at a very young age, yeah, just just cut off. Um, yeah, uh, would have been a great had he had he kept it up. He, he showed no signs of you know, an, an attitude issue or, or or anything else that probably befell a lot of the people we've spoken about so far. Um, not much more to say, really. I mean, yeah, just a, a cruel end to his career. Was he in the two thousand and six Grand Final winning side for the Broncos? Was that the was no, that the year? No, he's later than that. His first later. season was 09. 09, Okay, all right, mm. fair enough. So yeah, no, I just I couldn't remember when he was in. Because I remember it, remember this happening, but I couldn't remember when it was. So yeah, all right. So but yeah, so early two thousand tens. Early twelve, he did the injury, but he played for Australia and Queensland in eleven. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. it's a terrible, terrible situation, and I suppose, yeah, I don't, I don't think that um, he's going to be hard to beat in this. By the way, so <laughs> that's that's what we're up to. Okay, so that's everyone in the first round. So now what we're going to do. Is we're going to do a bit more like a lightning round. We're just going to pull two names and we're just going to vote. So I'm going to try not to pull out the same two names as we just one of the ones we just had. <laughs> I just pulled out the same name. I'm sorry about that. So we got Yao Yi and we got Pangai Jr. I'll go Yao Yi for me. Yeah. Yao Yi. Yeah. 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 Done. All right. We've got. Dave Taylor and sorry, I should have grabbed them out first. And Eric Groth Jr. I'd I'd Dave go. Taylor. You go Dave Taylor. I'd go Groth Jr. I'd go Dave Taylor. Yep. Uh, Taylor for me. Okay, cool. So that's the next one. Those two are in. Let's use the hat. Like we said we were gonna use. Chuck in the hat, <laughs> David. All right. Uh next two, we've got Tom Simons and Leon Bott. Leon Bott. Okay. Yeah, I'd go Leon Bott as well. I'd probably go Simons. What do you reckon? I said Bott. Okay, so Bott's in. Simons is out. 
Yeah, it's good. You know, we've only had to foot once in all these, so we're pretty we're pretty on tune with each other, which is pretty good. Okay, so I'm just gonna pull those two and those two. So our next ones are we're trying to go fast. It's Royston Lightning and <laughs> Dean Reaper. That's an interesting one. I kind of say I would kind of say Dean Raper more than Royston Lightning because I feel like Raper was there was that's tough, but I'm going to go Raper. I feel like I've already said it now, so I've got to stick with it. I'm going to go Raper because I saw what he could do in first grade, and we never saw it from Lightning. But I know that sort of is the tune of the theme of the, the theme of the whole thing. But I'll still yeah, go no, Raper. That's, that's all right. Yeah, no, I'll go Raper as well, simply because yeah, maybe Lightning didn't have it to get there. You know what I mean? You saw you. That's what you got a bit more of a chance. Been, you've seen the yeah. glimpses and not enough, so yeah, um, I go right back. All right, cool. Well, that's that's already three, so you don't have to say any, Richard. Uh, so we've got Nathan Wood and Simon Dwyer, definitely Dwyer, yeah, Dwyer for me as well. Okay, Dwyer. that's good. These are much faster because I'm telling you to be fast, so sorry, I should line them up so that I can do them faster. Uh, so we've got Tim Maltzen and Adam Ritson. Ritson for me. Ritson? Yeah, just based yeah. on the next Artie Ritson quote, yeah. I'm going to go Ritson. Yeah, me too. Okay. Um, I'm happy to stick with Ritson. I, I could go either way with that one, but let's just go. Yeah, that was a tough one. Yeah. Uh, so we've got uh, Luke Brooks and Tim Smith. I'm going to go Tim Smith. Me too. Three. Yep. yep. Okay. Good. Yeah. I wanted to go Brooks, but no, three to one. You can if you want. It's three to one. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the last one is Owen Craigie and Anthony Mundine. Oh, oh brother's right. Oh, Christ. What? <laughs> sure. I'm going, to, I'm going to go Chalk. Yeah. yeah I'm going to have as well. Okay. I'd go yeah. Craigie. Am I the only one going Craigie? Okay. Mundane for me. All right. There you go. Someone that Just people would think might be one of the favourites is out. <laughs> so that's good. Uh, let's do Let's do it this way. Let's just chuck them out. Two and two. One, two. One, two. One and sorry, and two and one and two. So I just tried to make them so they didn't touch each other. Okay, uh, so let's go. We'll start again with Mundine, and this time he's up against Adam Ritson. This is tough because I would never have thought Mundine would get this far. Um, but I think Guy's argument is really good. So mm. it does make it harder. Um, I just still think Mundine is probably the most naturally talented player that I saw play. Yeah. That, just, that I think he should have been a 300 gamer and a 12-year blues player and all the rest of it. And he just, just for whatever reason, he just didn't get there. So I'm going to vote Mundine. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I, I probably lean the same way solely on more we did see it, whereas Ritson was it's kind of like 
very early in an unknown. He was so early in yeah, his career. Who, who knows if he would have been anything? Yeah. He could have. He could have yeah. fallen over with the yeah, yeah. Okay, mm. I'm happy to stick with Mundine. Ritson can go. So Mundine will go into the little pot there. Uh, which one next? Uh, we've got Simon Dwyer, and we've got Leon Bott. So I think Simon Dwyer is a bit more potential lost than Leon Bott. I'll go the same yeah, way. I'll go with you. Yeah? Okay. That's three. This is getting down because this is the last four now after this. So uh, we've got Dean Raper and that was the end of Dean Raper because there's Gerald Yayi. So, or maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going Yayi. Yeah, I, Yo-Yi. I feel like that's Yayi is the way to go. Still yeah. a good run from Dean Raper though. I mean, he realised some potential in this run. So that was good. And then the last two... Like the, the, the horse in Barrier 24 in the Melbourne Cup. I think it was Dean Raper in this one, the lightweight. He's got, he's <laughs> to come this Did his best. <laughs> he didn't do too badly either. Um, last two is Dave Taylor and Tim Smith. I'm going to go Tim Smith because I think that's Unreal's potential. Oh, yeah, Dave Taylor. Okay. I'm going Dave Taylor. Okay. I'm going Tim Smith. All right, so oh, we've, got we've got a got coin, coin toss. toss. Okay, so I said Dave Taylor first, didn't I? Yes. Yeah, okay, so heads is Taylor and tails is Smith. Uh, tails, so Tim Smith stays in. Survives by coin flip. So we're down to the last four. I'll try and I'll mix them up. The little hat thing, so I don't, and I won't see who they are. And I'll chuck one there. And one this side, one there, and there's the last one. There it is. Okay. So our two semifinals. This will be interesting. We've got – I've lost it. There it is. Uh, we've got Anthony Mundine and we have Tim Smith. I still think Tim Smith. I'm going to keep going that way. So – I'm going to go I'm Mundine. Going Mundine. Okay. Yeah. Do I get Mundine from you too, Richard? Yeah, you do. Sorry. No, that's fine. Don't worry. Tim Smith out, Mundine. Mundine, I didn't think of all the names in here was going to make it to the final, but yeah, okay. And then the last two are Simon Dwyer and Jarrell Giaugi. I actually, I actually think I want to go... I want to go Dwyer, but I don't know why. Yagi's story is so heartbreaking that I don't want him. I want him to succeed. So, um, but Simon Dwyer is, is equally. They're both the same situation, really. Mm. They both yeah. had. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Dwyer because I just. I think he was more of my. Like, I saw him a bit more, and I yeah, I, I'm going to go Dwyer. I I think I might do Dwyer too. I think Yagi great winger, but you couldn't find another winger. Sort of thing. Well, and know. also, Yao Yi did play for Australia, so well, yeah. probably his untapped is more longevity than than level he got to. Whereas the wires probably, I think, didn't get to where he could have. Yeah. So I, I'd probably lean to Dwyer as well. Okay, oh, I think it's going to be Dwyer then. I I feel like I feel like if everyone, if I gave this list to everyone on the, on the internet, and we made them somehow made them vote thirty two ways. That the final would have ended up being Owen Craigie and Jarrell Yagi, and we we're going to end up with two different people on this 
in this final, but that's fine. That's I, I would have gone Yao Yi then. Yeah, I would have gone him just for we saw him um, play for his state and play for his country, and he, and he could have gone on to play 30 tests, but it didn't happen. Yeah. But hey, Simon Dwyer's in the mix. Well, I feel I feel like Simon Dwyer was probably like when he got injured, he's probably one half of a season away from playing State of Origin. And then probably by the end of that season, if the Tigers going well, play for Australia. So I feel mm. like he might have got there too, but just just didn't quite mm. have enough time. So obviously our final for everyone listening on at home is going to be Simon Dwyer and Anthony Mundine. So um, we can just quickly vote, or we can chat about it again. It's up to you. Whatever you guys want to do. I don't even know. I don't even know what to put here. I. I I don't know if this I'm really. We have a chat. This is the final. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think on the basis of wanting to see St George lose in any grand final they play, I'm definitely going to vote Simon Dwyer. Oh, Richard, you are you are you are such that person. That is just perfect. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're going for Simon Dwyer for that reason. Yeah. Um, I'll let Jay go next. What do you think? That is really tough because if you'd have asked me beforehand, I'd have gone Dwyer and Mundine probably wouldn't enter the conversation. But Guy really swung my thinking. Um, and, you know, he left the game really early as well. <clears throat> no, I'll go Dwyer. Okay, fair enough. Just to let you know, I've already made my choice. I just I've put my finger on the one that I'm going to choose, but I, so I don't taint anyone. But I wanted to see what happens. So we've gone two for Dwyer, and then Guy. What do you think? Uh, I'm going for Mundine, uh, for reasons I stated earlier. But he only played a handful of Origins. You know, for for a guy really? of that immense talent at 25. To then have the balls to leave the game and do something pursue you know, boxing, which you know, honourable thing to do in that sense, but he, he could have been one of the the best in the game. He, he could have been. I know he talks about it, but yeah, he 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 could have played for New South Wales, Australia, and it didn't happen. But he, he made that choice. I'm still sticking with Monday. Fair enough. So I'm holding it up underneath here. So either I've made you talk for no reason, guy, or we're going to a coin flip. So, okay. so the the big drum roll is that I have also picked Mundine because I feel like you swayed me enough that he could have been anything, and he yeah. did get to some potential. And I just checked my you know check my reality that I don't care if they're a dickhead or not; it doesn't matter. <laughs> It's we're talking about how much we are unrealized potential they rugby have. league potential because he, he yes. reached, I think, feel he probably reached his potential as a boxer or came close to exactly. It. So, I think yeah. that if if he had if he had stayed the course and had gotten a proper go at New South Wales, he would have gone New South Wales, he would have been playing for Australia. You've got to think his career has got to go from the early 2000s. There is a there is a there is a point there where I feel like it would have been him and Lockyer fighting for the five eight jersey for Australia. So, and and it would have been and the Queensland also, five eight, the New South Wales five eight. So it would have been very interesting to see what happens. New South Wales were winning course, series. Then, if, so, if New South Wales had picked Mundine and picked Blacklock, 
And done all that, I feel that Greg English probably would have played for the Blues as well and not made that decision to go Maybe. to Queensland. Maybe. Maybe very, so, very interestingly, he might have done that. And then it could have been very interesting when we got to the middle of the 2000s when New South Wales, that dominant New South Wales team, started to kind of fall away and Queensland just had everyone. Yeah, it might have arrested that a little bit. You never know. Can I add one yeah, other thing? with his fitness. Hundy yeah. with his fitness could have played as long as Cliffy Lines. He could have been still playing 37, 38, 39. So who knows how long that career could have been. So he was 25 when he retired. What what year was mm. that? 2000 and 2000. 2000? Yeah. So you got to and, say and, by yeah. 2010, yeah. he would have been 35. So he could yeah. have been playing. If he would have stayed with the, the Dragons, he could have won them one, maybe two more grand finals there because they made, you know, they made prelims that they probably should have won. 2005. Yeah. I, I, I'm talking about that. 2005, if he's there, he's 30, which is you, you got peak. the peak probably, you know, your, your balance between your fitness and your, and your, your grown in your body kind of a thing and the smarts. That would have been his sweet spot and, you know, when we didn't make it in 2005, this is all hypothetical. You know? Exactly. So, yeah. Well, that's what we're here for. Uh, and, yeah, then, and also, you probably could have got rid of Trent Barrett and not have to deal with him. So, <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 Tigers. the caveat to this is that he would have to have had an attitude adjustment. So, mm. that's the thing. That's that's where the potential problem is. So, let's see. All right, that means that we're a coin flip. So, we're going to the final. We're going to do a coin flip for the final winner. Um, I think I called out. Who did I call out first? Why? Dwyer? Okay, so Dwyer's yeah. heads, Mundina's tails. So far, we've gone tails, tails. So let's see what happens. Well, don't drop it. And it's going to be heads. So Simon Dwyer is going to win. But it was a good, it was a really good run. And I feel like we, we gave everyone a, a good talking about and maybe, maybe some of them I didn't know as much about, but now I kind of know more about them. So fantastic. I, I that was that was lots of fun. I really enjoyed doing that. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it out there. As uh, well. And winning on a coin toss was fair to me because I I almost couldn't split them. I I, I could you could have argued me either way, and I'd have gone, yeah, that's okay. I'm okay. I'm surprised we didn't get more coin tosses actually. But I think what mm. happened was a lot of the ways through a lot of those ones, someone had a really convincing argument that probably swayed yep. swayed someone to go three one. So well, mm. we all kind of went with it. But that's good. That was that was really really good. That's what I was expecting from it. I was expecting it to be unusual at the end. I didn't think we were going to get the two I thought we were going to get because I thought, yeah, no. it's other people's opinions. So cool. All right. Um, I really like the concept. So if we can think of another concept to do, I think we should do another one at some point. We put, it took us ages to get to this, so let's not let's not plan it for two. Let's not plan it till next year, maybe. But um, I think it's worthwhile thinking about other topics that we could do this with because. Sounds good. Maybe slightly shorter format, so sixteen rather than thirty-two. We could do a sixteen next time. I think thirty-two was a bit a bit of an up, but I feel like I couldn't leave. If I cut sixteen of these guys out, there'd be quite a few of them that I think we shouldn't have cut. So, yeah, who knows? Yeah, agreed. A Western yeah. Conference and an Eastern Conference, sixteen each. <laughs> the conference system. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should do. It's maybe we should season. do something like the sixteen most ridiculous. Um, uh, like suggestions for Robbie League, so like conference system, um, <laughs> promotion relegations, 
One um, forward pass in each set of six. Yeah, like that sort of stuff. Yeah, we could do those. <laughs> That'd be good. <laughs> I am going to try and I've got that other one I've been trying to get um, uh, Kev to do with me, which is the the rules, like different rules from different sports, bringing them in. So hopefully I'll get that to work out. But if any of you guys are interested in that, we can we can jump in for that one as well because that's a, that's a bit of a, you know, like what if we brought in these weird rules? And I thought, I thought, you know, we could then talk about there's some players, like if we brought it in now, the players in today's game that benefit the most and that sort of stuff. So um, have a think about that. And we can, if anyone is interested, we can, sure, I want more than just two of us talking about it. So have a have a big group of guys just saying, you know, that's a dumb idea and we'd never do it. But yeah, anyway. All right. I think I'll, I think we'll leave it at that. Let's, um let's trail off into the distance and, and eventually, at some point, I'll record something else for Hypertech RL. And congratulations to Simon you, Dwyer, wherever he is. Congratulations, Simon Dwyer. I, it's, that was Tim Moulton, who was a real estate agent, wasn't he? Does anyone he know what happened to Simon Dwyer? He's a buyer's agent. Oh, there you go. He, yeah, specialising in the West buyer's agency. Oh, there you go. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure we can get him some kind of trophy that he, he won't ever get to. Because he won't unrealize his his trophy. Next time I'm in Double Bay, I'll deliver it to him. Yeah, I'm sure he's living a wonderful life. He probably doesn't care about what four guys on a on a podcast really care about. But but anyway, all good. Thanks very much for joining me, guys. Thank thanks, you. David. Thanks, and, David. Uh, thanks everyone for listening along when this goes out, and um, we'll get back to you soon.